What an amazing week we are having. What incredible words of encouragement we have received from different leaders in our nation, people who are our mentors and leaders. I want to acknowledge the comments of some of you, the text messages, and I'm really encouraged. I knew one day it's going to rain. May this be a sign of what's going to happen in your life in the name of Jesus. I said, may it be a sign of what's going to happen in your life in the name of Jesus. Today we had a meeting with uh, Pastor Ray McCauley, a spiritual dad. It was myself, uh, Pastor Don Phillips from uh, Mtata, and uh, also... Uh, we, were, we were there with Pastor Adbosov from CRC, the three sons of Pastor Ray, and we were talking about our passion for our nation and how we believe that post these two years that we have been through, that the church has the moment of opportunity to do something mighty for the kingdom of God. And we were discussing that, and I was sharing with them about this prayer meeting, and they're also having prayer meetings, and how moved I have been, Barcelona, by your hunger, your thirst. You know, yesterday and today I was here early. Today I was here early, but I had to leave to go get something, come back. I was so moved by seeing people walking in here. People come here as early as 4 o'clock. And at half past 4, there were other people walking in, and I couldn't just not note the amount of young people who came in large numbers in their groups. Come on, you young people, give yourselves a hand. And then I also heard about our pensioners who come in early and they wait in the foyer before the service starts. And they welcome them in here. Yeah. Sangati Wonku Moon is hungry for God. May this be a sign to you of what God is doing in our nation. And we were talking very strongly, and I'm going to be talking with our leaders about how we leverage this moment of opportunity. Because it's almost like for the last two years, the church went into a lull. The church went to sleep, and it, of course, was through factors that were beyond our control. But here's a window, and as I said when I talked about opportunity, when opportunity comes, it determines your priorities, your focus, your mission, your vision, and the pace at which you do what you do. Well, yesterday we read from Jeremiah 33.3. wasn't just amazing, eh? <laughs> Call unto me, and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. I want to quickly go to where God is talking about showing us great and mighty things. As one translation says, I will show you the wondrous and marvelous things about your life and your future. Many things God wants to show you. And I said yesterday, the reality is that none of us 
can ever figure out these things that God has in our future. We can never know these mysteries by our own wisdom and intelligence. Today, I want to talk about the mystery of prayer. Why prayer is mysterious. It's important for us to delve into this because there's a lot about prayer we understand. There's a lot about prayer we don't understand. But there are certain things about prayer that are mysterious. And of course, after the lesson today, we will all go into a session of prayer. Prayer is mysterious simply because our God is mysterious. Revelations 10, 7 says, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. And he that declared to his servants the prophet. If we ever think we will know everything about God, then we must think again. Because God is not a man and we cannot understand and fathom everything about him. The scriptures tell us that God is a mystery, but the interesting thing about this mystery, when you read more in the scriptures, this mystery is not meant to be hidden from us, but hidden for us. In other words, from a natural human perspective, there's a lot about God we will never understand. But if we allow God to walk us into this world of mystery, he will give us a snapshot of understanding and you can then understand how God works. As a result, like I explained yesterday about Anna and Simeon, when they came into the temple, when everybody saw a normal, ordinary child being brought to the altar for the proper things to be done for him and the consecration to be done for him, when others saw an ordinary baby, those to whom God had opened the mystery of the baby saw what was going on. And that's why we need the grace of God, Bazalon, to be able to understand the mysteries of God. Because there are times when you can walk past the open door that God has opened, that you've been praying about all along, but when the door came, you didn't see it. That was the biggest cry of Jesus about his generation. He said, you did not recognize your hour of visitation. And yet the very people had waited for the Messiah. They would go to the temple and pray certain prayers that show that they are waiting for the Messiah. But when the Messiah came, he came different to their expectation. Because somehow as human beings, we have a tendency to try and preempt how God will do something. We try to second guess the packaging in which God will deliver his promise. 
such that when he delivers the packaging and delivers the promise, unless God opens your eyes, you may be tempted to reject what comes from God. The Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. Let me say this, Masalat, and I know I'm not a scientist, but let me speak as an ordinary person, but let me speak as well as a child of God or police I don't know if you are aware that all the predictions that have been made about the outcome of the COVID-19 in our country, from the very onset with all the different waves that came, none of those predictions happened fully as the doctors had said. You remember there was a time when we were told about a million graves in the area and all those kind of things. And even with Omicron, there were certain predictions that were made by the specialists. But it's funny that we are where we are today. And I was saying with the team, Yabaruti, whom we were talking, and I said, how quickly we forgot that at the onset of, of, the, of the COVID pandemic, we came together as churches and we prayed together. Oh, come on, children of God. I don't know if you are with me on that. Could it be that those 24-7 prayers, could it be that all those fasting and those prayers have borne results? So God has answered, but even when he has answered, we don't realize that he has given us the packaging that we were asking for because God works in a mysterious way. Can I hear an amen in the house? So I was saying it today in the meeting and I was saying, Bazalan, I see everything, really, we've gotten herd immunity. Many of us have gotten infected in the country and everything we're saying, and I'm in agreement with that. Mara, let's tell the truth. Even the people who are dealing with this don't understand what is happening because there is a God factor here. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. There's a God factor here. When we were praying, it didn't seem like it's making a difference because it didn't come, it didn't happen as we were expecting. It didn't come at the time when we wanted it. It didn't come in the manner in which we wanted it. It didn't happen the way we were expecting. But God still responded because there's something mysterious about prayer. And we need to be aware of that. And this is why I tell people that, you know, some of you, maybe you're going through a time of pain right now in your family in your life and you're having a rough time and you're wondering why are things going this way in my life when I'm doing all the right things. And the greatest temptation is to stop doing the right things because you're not seeing the fruit of your labor. But you must remember, Bazalana, there are certain things with God that never go unnoticed. And there are certain seeds when we plant them with God, they never rot, they never disappear, they never dissipate. If the, if the fruit doesn't come up in your lifetime, it will come up in the lifetime of your children. If it doesn't happen with your children, it will happen with your children's children. If you don't believe me, go and read the Bible. 
There are family lines that came with righteousness. And somewhere that process was disturbed, it was interrupted. And there was a generation that looked like it was lost. And from nowhere, there's somebody that God raised, who was not raised in a good background, who had no good modeling, but there was a seed of righteousness on the inside of him that came through the family line. And that person rose up and he said, I'm going to do what is right. Can I hear a good amen? This is what Josiah did when his grandfather was evil and his father was evil. But when Josiah came up, he stood up and do what is right. And so God works in a mystery. And one thing we can learn about God is that what he said will happen. And we can depend on it. That's why when you read the book of Hebrews about the heroes and heroines of faith, There's somewhere where it says, and these ones, they passed on not having received what they believed for, but they went into the grave trusting God. And if you read possibly, you'll note that even if they didn't reap the rewards in their lifetime, after they were gone, they are children and they are children's children. I am prophesying to somebody here that in your home. Ah. Same thing with churches. I've seen churches go through seasons. Churches that were started right. And maybe the process get intercepted and interrupted by somebody who... But you find that God has not forgotten. The prayers prayed. The seed sown. And God begins to work. And so prayer is mysterious. Prayer is very mysterious. Are you there, Vazalon? Yeah. Tell your neighbor, prayer is mysterious. Loud to so prayer is mysterious. <laughs> the mystery of God will only be finished the day we go up to heaven. And we are all in the presence of God. But until then, the secret things belong to God. And until then, we will need to navigate our lives through the mysteries of God. It's precisely because the mystery surrounding God and because of that, lots of people give up on praying. And these mysteries should not keep us from prayer, but rather they should draw us closer in search of answers. So what are these mysteries? There's eight of them. I hope we'll cover all of them. Number one, The first mystery is that it seems God is limited or restricted to do only what we ask. In short, it seems God will not act unless we pray. And it's a mystery. I mean, if God is (laughs) all-powerful, if God knows what's going on, why doesn't he act? It's kind of a mystery. Many of you know the story of Abimelech and Abraham. Abimelech, who was a king, took Abraham's wife for his heroine. Little did he know that she was Abraham's wife because Abraham had said she's his sister. And so Abimelech, in Genesis 20, from verse 3, it says, Abimelech, Oh, verse, verse 3 says, But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night 
and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man. <laughs> For the woman which you have taken, she is another man's wife. If you're going around with another man's wife, I have a prophecy for you. You're a dead man. And if you're going around with another man's husband, you're a dead woman. Not what it says, but Amibelech had not come near to her. He had not had sexual intercourse with her. There's something about sex, Bazalana, that it seals a covenant. We will talk about that, that's Lily. And we will make it PG 13. <laughs> and he said, Lord, will you slay also a righteous man? Said he not unto me, she's my sister. And she, even she herself said, he's my brother. <laughs> In the integrity of my heart, and the innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said to him in a dream, yeah, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, but I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore I suffered thee not to touch her. But note, note. Now therefore, restore the man his wife. For he is a prophet. And note. And he shall pray for you. And you shall live. And if you don't restore her, know that you will surely die. It's amazing that God had the power to make Abimelech live because he had a private conversation with him. But he still needed Abraham, Abraham to do the pray. Never underestimate the fact that we are praying for you. Oh, no, some of you, you're not hearing. Do you remember when Aaron and Miriam, Moses' sister, criticized him for his leadership? And what happened? They were struck by leprosy. And when they cried out to God, God said, I'm angry with you. And God says, go back to the same person that you are criticizing. And the very one you are finding fault with, he's the one who will pray and I will only respond to his prayer. Uh, yeah. But Alana, let me tell you, be very careful criticizing people and especially anointed servants of God. And in this country, we are some of the worst people in the world when it comes to that. We call it constructive criticism, whatever that is. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting that even if God spoke to Abimelech directly, he tells him, if the brother doesn't pray for you, forward to, 
you are sunk. So it's kind of amazing that even when God can see human beings asking him to move, he still will not move. Even though God is talking to Abimelech directly, he tells Abimelech to tell Abram to ask him. Couldn't have God just resolved the matter since he was discussing with the brother. But it looks like God wanted and needed Abraham. And tonight I'm saying it looks like God needs you. It looks like there are certain situations that will not be resolved until you do the asking. It seems God would not act unless Abraham asked because it looks like God is limited by our prayers. This creator of the heavens and the earth limited by our prayer. This encourages me, Bazalwana, to pray more, to ask more, to go into the prayer closet more. If God is limited by my prayers, then I must spend a lot of time, a lot of time asking, a lot of time praying, because it looks like he will answer to the level and to the extent of my praying. And my asking, this is mysterious. Mysterious. Second mystery. Even though God knows everything, he still wants us to ask about what he already knows. I mean, let's tell the truth, brother. When we talk to God about issues, he's not He's not hearing it for the first time. He knows about it. It really doesn't make sense for somebody to listen to something that he already knows. But mysterious as it seems, God still wants us to come to him and tell him about what he already knows. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 8, Be not therefore like unto them, for your father knows the things that you have need of, even before you ask him. But after more, ask. Isn't it mysterious? And this is where most people fail, you know. They, they kind of say, but God knows where I am. I'm waiting for God. Ah, God is waiting for you. Because even if he knows, He's waiting for you to pray. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? But it looks like God wants us to come to him again and again to present to him what he already knows. God's not like people, some leaders, who even if they know, they don't do anything about the situation. They wait to be pressured. I don't know why you're quiet, but let me go to the next point. The third mystery is that it seems God wants us to keep asking about the same things even though we have asked him before. Oh, 
We, we, we've asked him before. Mara, you want us to ask again. So in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. If God didn't know about our problem on the first day, he must know our problem and our needs by the third day of our prayer. I mean, this is the fourth day of our prayer. God already knows what we're here about and what we've been praying about. But if he knows all things so well, why does he require us to keep coming back? Why the story of the widow woman Jesus in Luke chapter 18 about importunity? Why about persistence? Why coming again and again? Is God like the unjust judge then? No. Even if God is of a different character, he still wants us to bring up the same issues. But here's another thing that is even, even more confusing and more mysterious. Number four, at the same time, it seems that God also at the same time want, doesn't want us to keep asking for the same thing in a repetitious way, in a boring way. Because Jesus in Matthew 6, 7, and 8, he says, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions. As the heathen do. For they think they will be heard, for they are much speaking. Watch. What's the difference <laughs> between this repetition? But Jesus qualifies the repetition. He says, they think they will be heard, for they are much speaking. And he qualifies it. He says the heathen. Let me tell you the difference. The difference is they have no relationship with God. They have no covenant with God. So they go to God and they say a lot of things that are not based on the covenant. Ah. So you can say a lot of prayers that are not based on the covenant. And that much speaking will go unanswered. But you can go to God again and again based on the covenant. Yeah. Ah, you're not listening to the difference. Look at your neighbor and say, are you confused by this mystery? Ask your other neighbor, is this too mysterious for you? Just ask them, is this too mysterious for you? When it's based on the covenant, we can come back to God again and again. But, like my grandmother used to say, if you think somebody understands what I'm talking about. Do you know what it is? And Jesus says, if you think you are going to Tlatsa Mudimuditsebe, wrong. Because it's not based on how long you speak, how much you speak, how often you speak. If you come to him and you don't have a relationship with him and you are not basing what you are saying on his covenant, even if you come a hundred times, you're not going to listen. But if it is on the covenant, you can keep coming again and again and again and again. Do you understand the difference between the two? It's a mystery. 
It's a mystery. It's a mystery. As I said, these mysteries must not keep us away from prayer. The more we walk with God, is the more we will understand how he works. I'm going to show you some very interesting things as we go on. And if it is in your prayer life, you are confused right now. Don't worry. We are the same WhatsApp group. Much as we understand about prayer, some of us, there are certain things about prayer I haven't understood yet. And let me be honest with you. I don't think I will ever understand everything about prayer because I, we are dealing with a mysterious God here. And unless he opens the door of understanding for me, I will not understand and you will not understand. In medicine, let me ask the doctors, for, for, for something to be accepted as a cure, and to be accepted as being used, it has to have a certain percentage of success rate. What's the, what's the lowest percentage? 60%. That's the lowest. So in medicine, if something works 60%, they use it. They know 40% it will show. Come on now. And they call it breakthrough study. Kia COVID. We can't understand why in Europe the people have vaccinated, they've had two shots, they've had booster shots. Marahona no Omicron Mara still the very medical people are saying, hey, keep vaccinating. Even if there are people who have vaccinated, Mareba Vurvail. And they call it breakthrough study. And you, when one of your prayer fails, you stop praying. Nah, you are not hearing what I'm saying. It means if you can have a 60% pass rate, 60% answer rate with your prayers, breakthrough. <laughs> Somebody shout breakthrough! Somebody shout breakthrough! That's why, Barcelona, we mustn't be moved when some of our prayers are not answered. We mustn't let people confuse us when some of the things are not happening. Because there are times when God has answered. But there are times when it looks like God has not answered. But let me tell you, in the fullness of time, you will know. Abraham, Abraham died without inheriting the promised land. So in his era, it seemed like what was promised never happened. Second generation, Moses comes, comes to the edge of the promised land sees this with its eyes and God said you can see it comes the third generation oh can I hear a good amen in the house 
and God reaches back to the promise that he made three generations ago because God is not a man to lie. I see God answering prayers three generations back in your family. So if you were Abraham, you would have gone into the grave disappointed. Because your limited knowledge is saying to you, God did not answer. Mara, because what God gave you is his covenant, is his promise. What God has spoken, it will happen. You read the Bible, you see thousands and thousands of years in the Garden of Eden, God says to the serpent, the seed of the woman will come and he will break your head. Which means there's somebody who's going to be born through a family line who will be used by God to break the power of the enemy. And what does the devil do? Every lineage that God is trying to bring that seed through, Satan interrupts or Satan corrupts them or Satan kills them. But let me tell you, nobody plan A, nobody plan B. God always has a plan B. Just when the devil thought he has broke the plan of God, God had another way. I'm saying to you, God has another way for you. Hallelujah, God has another way for you. And when you read in the New Testament, you see generations coming, generations dying, people being corrupted, all of a sudden, nations being corrupted, but all of a sudden, there would always be a remnant. That God has kept because the plan of God is not going to be stopped. It may be interrupted. It may be delayed. But God's not going to be stopped by any devil. The plan of God in your life will come to pass in Jesus' name. And you read in the Bible and you hear the prophets coming. Prophesying. Talking about the Messiah. Talking about the one who's coming. It is clear that God's process and God's vision is on track. But then we move over and we come to the time when those prophets are killed and the prophets are dead until there's no voice in the land. There's no prophet talking. There is nothing going on. And we go through the period of the dark ages. It looks like God's plan has been frustrated. But the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 4 when the fullness of time had come. I see the fullness of time coming in your life. When the fullness of time had come. God works in a mysterious way. Even when things are dark. He's working. When the children of Israel. Were in Egypt. Under bondage. Crying. Thinking this will never end. God had a Moses on the backside of the desert (laughs) that he was preparing and getting ready I'm saying God has a plan for your life and that's the mystery of God yeah 
And when you understand this mystery of God, then you know what you must do, Mtanasakaya? Live your life in the hands of God. Uskaba chacharach. Live your life in the hands of God. If it doesn't happen in your lifetime, it will happen in the next generation. If it is not the next generation, it will be the third generation. Can I hear a good amen in the house? <laughs> Mystery number five. Are we on number five? Number five. It seems like in praying, <laughs> I love this one. Some prayers need to be very short. While other prayers need to be very long. And I think the greatest example of this is Jesus. And you're going to find out something very strange, Bazadwan. This is a mystery. Throughout the ministry of Christ, you see this mysterious blend of very short prayers and very long prayers. And so the question is, when should we pray long prayers? <laughs> and when should we pray short prayers? Could it be that it's a time to pray a long prayer and we mistakenly pray a short one? Or could it be a terrible mistake that in a time when we must pray a short prayer, we pray a long prayer? Could it be the time for a short prayer is only there just to irritate God or should we be there long enough to irritate God until he gives in to us? We don't have answers. But here's what's interesting. You must write it down. Interestingly, Jesus seems to have prayed short prayers at very critical moments. Write that down. No, no, no. You go read your Bible. You'll see. At very critical moments of his ministry, amazingly. And the short prayer seemed to have brought some most fantastic miracles. Let's start with the long prayers. When he was in the wilderness, in Matthew 4, 1 to 4, he fasted for 40 days. That was long praying. Very long praying. And then in Mark chapter 135, it tells us that he rose up a great while before morning. And he departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. And his disciples at some point came and found him there. So that day he just prayed for a long time. In Matthew 6, 12 to 13, it says, It came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray, and he continued all night. <laughs> and when it was... Daytime, he called his disciples and chose the 12. I mean, these were like, with administrative things, he prays a long time. <laughs> In the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays a long prayer. Three hours. Matthew 6, 40 to 42. He prays long prayers for the unity of the church. In Matthew 17, 1. But amazingly, Jesus prays a short prayer when he raises Lazarus from the dead. 
read it for you. In John 11, verse 41, it says, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you hear me always, but because of these people which stand, I said it, that they may believe. And after he spoke that, he cried out, Lazarus, come for... Oh! He's raising somebody from the dead. Who comes for Baba! 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 Uyandas! It's going to raise somebody from the dead. <laughs> Short prayer. But I'm, 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 let me share this with you. One minister once shared this. He said, one of the things we must learn as those who follow the promptings of the Spirit is to learn that when the Spirit has stopped, we must stop too. And then let me explain what I mean. It's almost like in a service when the Spirit of God is in manifest. You see, this is what people don't understand. When there's a mighty move of the Spirit in the service, there's a time when God stops moving. Mara, if you're not sensitive and you don't understand that mystery, you keep going on in your flesh when God has already stopped. That's where people now start yielding to wrong spirits. Because when the spirit of prophecy is no longer on them, and that anointing has shifted, they want to continue prophesying. That's why anybody who prophesies 24-7 is suspect. Because there's nowhere in the Bible where you see anybody, no matter how anointed, prophesying 24-7. Even Jesus our Lord. Yeah. Why? The book of Corinthians tells us it operates as the Spirit wills. I'm telling you, Basalan. I'm telling you, Basalan. I remember this one preacher who said, him and his wife were in this town. They had gone to preach in some other place and they came over to this town to sleep over there overnight because they had a long trip, so they rested overnight. And then they saw an advert about some meeting that was going on in the town hall. And it was this guy who was supposed to be preaching the gospel. And it was really advertised as a Christian meeting. So he said, we, we only knew about it late. So when we went, there was only the last few seats at the back. We sat there and we watched this guy come out there. And one minute is operating by the power of God. And one minute is operating by demonic powers. He would switch in and out. And this guy, when he started, he was all right. He was operating under the power of God. But you see, this is what happens with many ministers. And let me be honest with you. Sometimes you are the people who cause problems for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, let me hear it. Come on, come on, come on. Because, because, and I'll give you an example. It's almost like when I'm here and I say, the so-and-so, this is what I sense, come let's pray for you. At that time, the anointing rests on you to operate at a certain level. But you see, the person doesn't come because of shame, whatever, and then they let the service pass. And then after the service, they come to you, they say, ah, hear me. Now, if you're not careful, you can try to whip up something. But at that time, the anointing for that mission is not on you. You can't turn certain things on and off as you want. This is the problem with people, that when we've had a powerful thing happen in church, when we come back the following day, we try to recapture what happened yesterday. So we want to, through the flesh and emotions, dive into the same feeling. That's how we attract demonic powers. Learn tonight. I said learn tonight. Learn tonight. So, I mean, Jesus prays just a short prayer, raises somebody from the dead. So sometimes we should know when to just do what God wants us to do and get out of there. And when he stops, you better stop too. When the anointing has lifted off you, just stop. Don't continue. Just stop. Don't continue prophesying when you know the anointing is no longer on you. Simply because you want to really show people how spiritual you are. I hope you are listening, Barcelona, tonight. This is what messes up the great gifts of God and messes up the church of God. And as I said, it's because the people put pressure on us to perform. The people come with an expectation. They want you to operate at a certain level. I've had people come to me and say, what, do you have a word for me? I said, no, I don't have a word for you. I don't. Do you mean lauka rapela fela modima ka sensana? What for you? Ke mo pick and pay ke zama rara graga grozara ke kopa ntlo gaela tu. How? Ke zama rara grozara ke hokopa. Never come under pressure to manifest a certain kind of spirituality. Are you there Bazalon? Are you there Bazalon? Jesus prays a short prayer when he raises Lazarus from the dead. It's a mystery. He prays a short prayer in Matthew 8, 13, when he heals the sick. The centurion, when he came to Jesus and asked him for prayer, Jesus says, go your way. As you have believed, let it be. That's the shortest prayer. When the brother gets home, the, the guy is healed. Jesus prays a short prayer when he was on the cross, when they parted his garments. In Luke 23, 34, Jesus says, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Do you mean? But here's the mystery. When should we pray long prayers? And when should we pray short prayers? We will learn. We will know when to. Number six. Are we together, Barcelona? Yeah. 
Mysteriously, it seems at times we can reason with God and negotiate with Him. This one, Yona, is just one of those things. It's like Isaiah calling it human beings reasoning with God and and negotiating with God. <laughs> Isaiah in Isaiah 118, come now, let us reason together. You know, sometimes I often ask myself, Mara, what has happened? God says, Isaiah 118, come let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Produce your cause says the Lord, bring forth strong reasons. Said king of Jacob, that's Isaiah 41 verse 21. In Genesis 18, we note how Abraham negotiates for Sodom and Gomorrah. (laughs) You don't negotiate with God when he's in a good mood. But Abraham negotiates with God. Like Moses negotiated with God when he wanted to kill the people. Let me tell you the secret to this. The secret to this, Bazalwana, is a covenant relationship. And if I may share with you, God gives us a platform to negotiate When we stand in relational authority. A father for his family. A mother for her family. A parent for his or her family. To pray for your children. A child for the parents. A pastor for the members. I never will forget a few years ago. I was negotiating with God for a certain member in our church who unfortunately had made the wrong choice and had gotten into, unfortunately, the bad behavior of criticizing leadership. And I knew as I prayed, their life was in danger. And I remember as I prayed, I never will forget that day. I was pleading with God, negotiating with God, and God said, leave me alone. I said, I can't leave you alone. That's a member that you have put in my church. You've placed me as the shepherd of their soul. And God said, leave me alone. They've crossed a line. I never forget that. I never forget that day. But I also know days, and we're talking about it in the Contour today, when by the spirit I've known about my family members. Today we were remembering the accident that my bishop once had that thing and what and three when she was pulling a trailer that had gas cylinders and the axle of the trailer broke the axle of the trailer broke and the weight of the gas cylinders and the trailer started driving the car around and the car capsized it was her and some two guys were supposed to go and help with these gas cylinders the one guy was airlifted to hospital. 
Accident was so bad they closed the highway. Yeah? They closed the freeway for a long way. And I heard about it. And I didn't realize I was with them contra that day. We drove to the accident scene. And when I came, they closed the highway. And the traffic cops tried to stop me. Hey, 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 hey. Come inside, we hey. And I drove there. And when I came to the scene, Bazalana, just the sight of the car. By the grace of God, they all survived, the three of them. Ah, give the Lord a hand. But let me tell you, my bishop was supposed to have left the day before. She was going to leave at 2 o'clock. And the day before, at around 2 o'clock, I started having a, a pangs of prayer. A burden to pray. I started having a sense in my spirit that something is not right. And I phoned her. I said, are you on the way? She said, no, I haven't left yet. I'll leave tomorrow. But I had prayed an hour before in intercession, pleading for her life. Little knowing that was going to happen the following day. You can negotiate with God. <laughs> True story of a man who gave a testimony. He actually died. Died, 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 died. True story. As he came over to the gates of heaven, the angel says, we can't allow you in here. He said, why? He said, your pastor will not let you come here. I'm just trying to clarify because let's say about some of you last week. And this guy said, I said, no, but your pastor won't let you. And this man said, somehow God opened some door. And I could clearly hear my pastor praying in the words he was using. And he closed the door and said, that's why you can't come. You must go back to earth. And then he woke up in the ICU unit at hospital after they pronounced him dead. When he recovered, he wanted to check the veracity of the story. So when his pastor came for visitation, he said, Fundis, <coughs> I've got an issue here. I want to know. When I was lying here in the ICU unit and when I passed, did you pray for me? Pastor said yes. And this man to try and check. He said, what did you say? And the pastor repeated exactly the same words that the man heard in heaven. Yeah. You, you see, some of you, the reason you're not clapping is because you think these things don't happen. You see, you, 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 you are so far removed from the miraculous and the powerful. I say, let the miraculous and the powerful happen in your life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where are you? Yeah. His late father told him when he was lying in the hospital, we went in Limama to go pray for him. We were, we were, I, 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 we were praying in tongues, but he heard us in Shitsonga. 
And in the prayer when we were praying, we were actually pleading his case. He wanted to go. We stopped it. And when they came for visitation, he said, Sono and his wife were here. They're stopping me from going. (laughs) 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 But finally he left. But you don't realize the power that God has given to you. You, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't realize how much power God's given to you. When we pray for people, Bazalana, who are sick, when we lay hands on the sick in church, when we kneel down here and we pray, when we come here during the week and we pray, you don't realize what is happening in the spirit world. Can I hear a good amen in the house? We can negotiate with God on behalf of our nation. We can negotiate with God on behalf of our young people. We can negotiate with God on behalf of the things that are going on. We can negotiate with God on behalf of our churches. We can negotiate with God on behalf of our families. We can negotiate with God. And God invites us. And God invites us. Number seven, mysteriously, it looks like even though the prophets and the men of God sometimes who have disgraceful passions, though they are just like us, God seems to pay attention to their prayers. Remember, this is important. James 5, 17 says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions like we are. I mean, this will encourage you. Elijah the prophet got discouraged, hid in a cave, filled with unbelief. He wanted to die. He would get depressed. He wanted to leave the ministry. He blamed God at a certain time. But it's kind of amazing. It's the same guy. When he prayed for the rain, the rain came. What is God saying? God is saying, don't let your mistakes tell you your prayers are not powerful. You will go through times of discouragement. You will go through times when you feel depressed. You will go through times when you, it feels like God has abandoned you. But if you will learn to pray, Elijah was a man of like passions like us. Yet he prayed again and it rained. So what is God saying? God is saying don't underestimate your ability to get prayers answered. That's the mystery of it. That we a people who are up one day, down one day, God can answer our prayers. As a matter of fact, Bazalana, a true man of God and a true woman of God will never ascribe any success to themselves. That's why the more you grow in the things of God is the more you learn to use the phrase by the grace of God. Because you know yourself 
There are times when you are at the peak of your spirituality, at the peak of the anointing. But even when you are at the peak of spirituality, at the peak of the anointing, you don't see any results. And when you are doubting the most, and you are not sure the most, and you are half-hearted the most, and you are not praying a lot, and you are not fasting a lot, and you are having problems in your life, that is when God works the most, and the most miracle. Oh, come on, somebody shout to the Lord tonight. And so you learn by the grace of God. When you are young and arrogant, you will pat yourself on the back. When you are young and arrogant, when people ask you, why do so many people come to the prayer meeting? You will tell them your 10-step strategy. You are young and arrogant. When you've walked through the journey of life and the experience of life has taken all the wisdom out of you, and you've seen your own weaknesses and you realize your own limitations and you know days when you didn't want to go on and you know seasons when you wanted to quit and you know days when you preached but you didn't feel like doing it you know days when you prayed and you were not sure if God's going to answer you when it happens you stand and say by the grace of God Paul says by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace which was revealed in my life was not in vain because I labored more. He said, not I, but the grace of God in me. When you learn to grow, you learn the grace of God. It's not that you don't put plans to work. It's not that you don't plan, you don't believe, you don't trust. You still do all that. You walk by the word, you do the best you can. You speak to the word. But you also know it may not work the way I want it to work. And if it doesn't work the way I want it to work, it doesn't mean God is at fault. It just means I have bumped into that part of God, the mysterious God. The mysterious God. Yeah. Yeah. You see, when you don't know these things, how tightly you start waiting for the windows of heaven to open. And when they don't open, you say, tithing doesn't work. But when you are matured, you do it because it's the right thing to do. And then you move into the season where the windows open. But when the windows open, you don't take your attention away from God and put it on the windows. You still put your attention on God because God is the only constant. Can I hear an amen in the house? So even though we are men and women of passions like Elijah, God still listens. And finally, the mystery of prayer. It seems God sometimes answers prayers immediately. In 2 Kings chapter 20, 1 to 5, Hezekiah prayed for mercy and long life. God answers and sends the prophet right back to his house. Even before the prophet could get into the courtyard and 
minister to Hezekiah, God had already answered the prayers. It says in 2 Kings 21 to 5, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you will die and not live. And then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech you, O Lord, remember now, I have walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept sore, and it came to pass, before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him. Saying, turn again. Tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I've heard your prayer and I've seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you on the third day. God answers. I mean, even before the prophet could go, just lightning quick, supersonic speed. There are times when God just answers like that. That's a mystery. When does that happen? I don't know. But there's times God answers like that. And it's amazing how God can answer like that. What about in Daniel 10, 1, 2, after Daniel had fasted? When the angel appeared to him, he said, even if you fasted for 21 days, Mara, from the first day. Somebody say from the first day. <laughs> Somebody say from the first day. From the first day you prayed, there was movement. Instant, there was movement. In 1 Kings 18, we see Elijah, how he prayed and was heard immediately when he met the prophets of Baal. It was power against power. Power over power. And God had to demonstrate who God is. The prophets of Baal put their offering on the altar, cried out to their God, and fire didn't come. But in 1 Kings 18, verse 36 says, it came to pass at that time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, that I have done all these things according to your word. Do you see that? Yeah. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that your people may know that you are the Lord God and you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. God answered immediately. So there's a mystery to prayer. There's a mystery to prayer. But having said all that, here's one thing which is a common denominator. God does enter ultimately. In all these instances. He answers. That's the one thing we can be confident of. That God answers. Now tonight, I don't know which prayer you're going to pray. I'll give you that option. Some of you, you may want to negotiate certain things for your family members. Some of you, 
There are situations you want to talk to God about. Some of you, there are things you've prayed about in the past you want to pray again. Whatever your situation is, whatever it is that during this preaching grabbed your heart. It's in that area that God has generated faith in your spirit to pray in that direction. And so tonight, I'm going to call upon us right now, everywhere where we are, to come before God and pray. Whether it's the prayer of intercession, the prayer of binding and loosing, whether it's supplication, whether it's the calling that I was talking about yesterday, Whatever it is tonight, this is what I want to ask you. Know that God answers prayer. He does. And because God answers prayers, then we have the confidence to pray. You may want to remain seated. You may want to stand. You may want to kneel down. But all of us right now, Whatever it is that you want before God. And you can weave in and out of different prayers. We're going to go on for about 20 minutes together. It's a short time. I preached for a long time today. And 20 minutes is not even entry level. It's very, very short. But everywhere, I want everybody to start praying right now. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus.